0: The following episode was recorded live on YouTube for Adulting.TV Live. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at Adulting.TV. Welcome to Adulting.tv. I am Harlan Landis. I'm here with Miranda Marquette. As usual, how are you, Miranda?
1: I am doing well. How are you doing today, Harlan?
0: I am doing fine. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this topic today. Our guest is Lindsay Van Summern. How are you, Lindsay?
2: I'm great. How are you?
0: Fantastic. So we're going to talk today about dealing with that first job after you graduate when it's not exactly what you expected it would be. A lot of the time, our first jobs suck and we get a degree and we think that we're going to move forward in our careers right away and get the job that we deserve, but sometimes it doesn't work out. So Lindsay, is that something that you had to deal with after (laughs) you graduated?
2: Just a little bit. (laughs) So when I was in grad school, I started out, I was at the University of Alaska, Fairbanks. I had a huge contrast between when I was in grad school and when I got out of grad school. When I was in grad school, I was studying caribou nutritional ecology in northern Alaska. And I got to travel out to northern Alaska to these places nobody ever got to see and to see amazing things and do amazing work. It was one of the best times of my life. I really miss it. Contrast that to once I graduated, I moved to Colorado with my husband because Alaska is not a place that everybody likes, (laughs) including my husband, unfortunately. So we decided to go back to Colorado where he could go to school. So that's where we're at right now. He's going to Colorado State University. And the first few years after, actually, we've been here for about three years now. The first few months were especially hard after we got here. I didn't have a job lined up right away. I figured it probably would take a little while for me to find a job, but I was, I don't like to toot my own horn very often, but I was good at what I did in wildlife biology. I was a good researcher. And Fort Collins has a a large concentration of wildlife jobs compared to the rest of the nation. It's like one of the wildlife meccas. So I was like, I'll have no problem finding a job when I get here. So for the first few months after I got here, I worked doing transcribing online, Because that was the only thing I could think of doing. And eventually I saw a job ad one day for Colorado State University, and it was going to be working with lab animals. And it wasn't exactly wildlife, but I thought, great, I did lab animal work when I was an undergrad. That was my first job that kind of helped transition me into the research world. So I thought, maybe I'll do this job. It's probably going to be like, a manager of an animal colony or something directly involved in research, which is what I wanted to do. So I signed up, I got an interview, and I showed up and much to my dismay, it was not the job <laughs> I thought it was. What it was, was actually, it? <laughs> it was actually as kind of like a janitor position. It was a lab animal caretaker is what the, the role was kind of officially called. And rather than being involved in research, I was just responsible for taking care of the animals and cleaning up after them every single day. That was it. No research, no bylines and journal articles, nothing like that. Just cleaning up poo every day. (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) Well, so my first job when I graduated from undergrad was I ended up having to go be a cashier. At a local farm and ranch store, and despite growing up in Idaho, I did not know about farming or ranching. <laughs> so that was good times right there, because you know we all we all dream of going out and uh, being a cashier with those jobs we have, <laughs> with those degrees we have. Yep. Yeah. yeah with my
0: music education degree, I actually got a job right out of graduation as a long term substitute. In a middle school, and it was probably one of the worst experiences (laughs) of my life.
1: You win the worst prize. I'd rather clean (laughs) animal poo than be a long term sub in middle school. But but the
0: thing is, I mean, that was aligned with my degree. And so it was probably, I mean, it wasn't exactly the kind of job I wanted. I wanted to teach in a high school. You know, the only thing I could find at that time of the year was a middle school position, long-term sub, and so it was aligned with my degree, but it was it was terrible. And it was worse <laughs> that job ended at the end of the school year or sometime around then, and you know, I had to continue working, so I got a temp job at an insurance company and that was also horrible. So, those first jobs can really kill you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, mine was especially difficult because I was kind of like close to the research scene and involved animals, but not wildlife. And most of what I was doing was cleaning up after lab animals for other grad students who were working in the biomedical field. And compared to wildlife, I don't want to say that biomedical field people are kind of snooty, but some of them definitely are. And grad students (laughs) who would look down on me because they thought I was too stupid to get a research job. My husband actually told me at one point I should wear like a name tag around my chest says hi i'm Lindsay. i have a master's degree or just like slowly go up to other grad students and be like this will be you one day too (laughs) (laughs) living the dream dream. yep
0: (laughs) so how did you deal with that and is this just the reality of the marketplace right now for jobs is it really difficult to find something that's the epitome of everything that you want in your career right after you graduate (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think it depends on what kind of degree you have. I know for wildlife biology, the job market has never been very good at all. And right now with the current administration, it's not doing very well either. There's, I just looked this morning and there's something like five ecologist positions, federal ecologist positions open across the country and 13 wildlife biology positions like nationwide in federal service. I remember when I was in grad school, I would see like 30 at a time. So the job market has really, Wrenched down for that kind of thing right now, so it's it's tough. I was making twenty three thousand dollars a year in this job when I first started out, and when I was in grad school, I was making twenty six thousand dollars a year. So I was making three thousand dollars more per year when I was in grad school compared to when I went out. And I also was working as a as I said as a lab animal caretaker as an undergrad. So it seemed like I had gotten this degree for nothing. Like I was making more money as a grad student and I'd already had this job before. Like I I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be moving up in the world, not backwards. (laughs) That's what it seemed like. So yeah.
1: And I think that's kind of a a good point though, that you make that like a lot of the time, you know, you're kind of stuck at the whims of like where you're at. I mean, when I graduated, I mean, the reason I was taking a cashier job is because I was living in a small town in Southern Utah and my husband at the time was finishing his schooling. So I couldn't really go anywhere or look for a different job. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In the end, I like after a little more than a year, I was able to get on with a local newspaper and and do some Mm -hmm. advertising in this local news, like run, you know, their classified ads, but like, and that wasn't super great either, but (laughs) it was better than being a cashier. (laughs) And So, uh, so yeah, so I was able to do that. We talked about a little bit about like dealing with it, but like, I think probably it's crushing psychological issues that really yeah. kind of come into play. And so, cause I know that like, while I was being the cashier, I was just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> and, like, you know, and you do like, like you were talking about, you know, like, Oh, I made more as a grad student. I'm just sitting here going, my gosh, I did four years of school and I've got student loans for this. It's <laughs> so, like, how do you, like, how do you battle those kinds of feelings?
2: Yeah, I will be the first person to tell you that I actually did fall into a depression for quite some time and it wasn't fun. And I should have sought out help a lot sooner than I did. But if you're having problems emotionally dealing with it, don't be afraid to go seek out a therapist. I actually, it was kind of ironic. I had a really good EIP, an employee assistance plan in my work, and they offered therapy visits, I think six per year through that. And they would refer you to somebody who just had to call up this number. It was kind of it's kind of weird because you call up and they're like, Oh, do you feel like hurting yourself today? And it's like, no, I just need a therapist appointment. And they're like, calm down. <laughs> so I would recommend that. And it's it is tough to reach out for help sometimes, especially if you've never done it before. But therapists are super chill. Sometimes you might have to, I didn't really click with the first therapist that I went to go see. So you might have to go visit another person before you find somebody who can really help you. And this, the second person who I saw was really, really great. That's, that's the first line that I would I would suggest saying.
1: So yeah, so like, how did then did you um, move on from this terrible job that you didn't want (laughs) to do anymore? Because because now that we've like been a total downer, it's it's time to bring hope to the masses. Yes, (laughs) there is hope,
2: but not all down. That's right. (laughs) We can can move past it. (laughs) The first thing that helped me after I got therapy was just realizing that this job that i had it was just a stopgap i almost started to like compartmentalize my day like i had to go to this job because it was the only job that was available to me at the time i i was applying for things like hell like it, nothing really worked even though i was shooting out i probably sent out at least a few hundred resumes i didn't even get like interviews i probably only got like two interviews out of all those resumes but just realize that this, this job that you have that really sucks right now is just a stopgap. You, you have your life where you have to go to this job during the day. And then afterwards, that's all your free time that you have to go and do the things that you really want. So it's almost like a, a Superman kind of thing. You have to do this like boring, I don't want to say boring journalism job because I know Miranda, you came from a journalism background, <laughs> but you do this job during the day. And then at night, you're a completely different person. You can be whoever you want to be. For me... I had to have something else that I focused on to carry my attention away from this shitty situation I was in. I tried doing a lot of different side hustles and projects that would kind of keep me occupied. I volunteered at a raptor rehabilitation facility for a while, and that was really awesome because that was kind of like a wildlife thing. So I would recommend that for people to find something that's related to your degree and see if you can do that on like a volunteer basis but what really helped me the most was starting to do side hustles because that helped alleviate some of the cash issues because I wasn't making nearly enough money. My, my husband supported me all through undergrad and grad school with his jobs. And once I graduated, the reason we came to Colorado was so he could go to school. So we were going to kind of trade places. And I just could not support us with the wages that I was making. So I had to find some other way to make money.
0: What are some of the side hustles that you, uh, that you started doing?
2: The first one, well, I, I did surveys. I tried doing survey sites. And as I said, I did transcribing. Transcribing was horrible. I would work all day typing away at the computer. The nice benefit was I got really fast at typing, but I would, I would type away all day at the computer. And on a good day, I would, I think, make like $75. And there was one really, really tough night where I had a deadline the next day, and they gave me a really long file. So I was typing, and I passed out at the keyboard with my head on, on the keyboard, and I woke oh, up, and there was like 40 pages of the letter O. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I decided I needed to try something else. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. But I'm really fast at typing now, and I'm thankful for that. The second thing I tried was <laughs> I started a knitting blog. <laughs> I called it Knit Nerd Lab. And it was really hilarious because my dog is a black lab. She was going to be the mascot. She was going to be the Knit Nerd Lab Lab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was fantastic. <laughs> but as I found out, I have a blog now and blogging doesn't quite pay that well. So I eventually moved into freelance writing. And that's where I'm at now.
1: Nice. Yeah. So I was going to ask too, though, so you did this volunteering at the Raptor Center and it's kind of related Mm -hmm. to your degree. And I guess you kind of answered the question because now you freelance. But um, (laughs) but I mean, as far as other folks, like trying to get out of the situation, I mean, you know, even if they're stuck like cashiering or doing, you know, cleaning up animal poo, if they can like go and do something related to what they want to do, like the Raptor thing. Like mm-hmm. that could probably help them later, right? Does that figure mm-hmm. in? Can you add that to your resume?
2: Yeah, you can definitely add stuff like that to your resume. I did to mine. It's still there today. There were some long-term job possibilities with the Raptor Center, mm. which if I stayed on, I might have been eligible for if people leave. It was a pretty small facility and that that wasn't exactly my end goal, but that could have definitely transitioned into an employment situation if I stuck it out longer.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I mean, and then at least you're still keeping like your hand in and you know, maybe you could could have worked somewhere else. So what else did you do? I mean, do you just stick with the freelancing now or are you trying to find another
2: job? That's tough. So I actually, freelance writing did allow me the opportunity to quit my job at the animal care facility. And I did take on a government position with the US Geological Survey. Last summer, I spent the whole summer going out into Wyoming and Montana and Colorado, all those places, and I was doing vegetation surveys. It was very similar to what my degree, my grad degree was in. It was um, hauling this huge trailer around all over the place in the middle of nowhere. And it's funny how that happens because I told you guys I'd applied for like hundreds of positions, sent out so many resumes. I, I can't even count how many resumes I sent out. <laughs> and then this one job shows up. And one of the requirements is that you can haul a trailer, which is exactly what I did during my thesis research and do vegetation surveys. So it was like all of that work. And it was just like luck. It boils down to luck. <laughs> that's the toughest thing. Like you can do all these plans and prepare and come up with all these things. But for some jobs that are tough to get into, it just boils down to luck. And that's, that's really tough to plan for.
1: No, so, I mean, you talk about it coming down to luck, and you happen to be prepared and ready to pull a trailer. So, uh, <laughs> what, what other things, though, can you do? Because one of the the things is is yeah, there's a lot of luck involved. Mm-hmm. But if you can mm-hmm. have this luck or these opportunities come your way, but if you're not ready for them, yes, yeah. it's not going to help you. The luck's not going to help you. You do need to kind of lay that groundwork. So, what are some things that people can do? to kind of lay that groundwork and get ready to take advantage of opportunities?
2: There were a couple of things I did. So when I first got to Fort Collins, Colorado, where I'm at, I made a point of going to meet with every single person I could find who was a wildlife biologist. So I met with probably 10 or 20 different people at federal and state agencies. I just emailed them out of the blue and was like, hey, I just graduated. I'm new to this area. Wildlife biology tends to be kind of a regional thing. I'm, I'd like to kind of break into this area and see what I can do. Can I volunteer for you? I can even, I'll even sweep your floor. I don't care. Like I will do anything you need that needs to be done to, to help out with your projects. And the nice thing about wildlife people is that they tend to be very reliant on volunteers. So I actually did get a few volunteer positions where I helped people. Those didn't turn out into actual employment positions, sadly, but I did get called in for a couple of interviews based off of that, which was pretty awesome. And then the second thing that really helped me was, as I said, I started, I developed a business that was working for me on the side. So I started freelance writing part-time while I was still working at this this crappy job at the Lambie Animal Caretaker. And what that allowed me to do was have some kind of financial grounding underneath me so that I could take the leap. This job that I ended up taking with the U.S. Geological Survey, it was only going to be a six-month job, and that was going to be it. And after six months, I was going to be let go, which is what ultimately ended up happening. But because I had that safety net underneath me, I didn't have like a year's worth of income or anything like that saved up like what probably would have been the smart thing to do. I just didn't have that kind of cash. So I use my, my side hustle kind of as my safety net to help keep me afloat while I was able to take advantage of this job that did come up.
0: Yeah, luck is only luck if, you're, if you can take advantage of it when it comes your way. Otherwise, yeah. uh, it's just a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. I want to talk uh, about expectations. Do you think that looking back now at you know, the time when you finished your degree and uh, you were looking for your first job, do you think your expectations were mm-hmm. out of line? Or what should people's <laughs> expectations be?
2: That's a tough one. I, I knew that it would probably be difficult to find a wildlife job right out of school. I knew some people who had done it when I was in grad school. There was a guy who graduated probably a year or so ahead of me from the same lab that I was working in. He immediately got a job with the state of Alaska. In fact, he left the grad program early and had to finish it up while he was still an employee of, this, of the state of Alaska. But I'd heard... I'd heard rumors that there could be problems finding a job, and that you might have to. I, I remember when I was in grad school, my my final semester, I took a class. It was basically how to get a job after you get out of here. And I remember the instructor of the class said something like, "You might have to take a job as a secretary with a federal agency just to get your foot in the door until a wildlife biology job opens up." Well, after I graduated, I applied for all the secretary positions I could, but I didn't have ten years of copying machine experience so i couldn't even do that i was like i don't even know what to do now <laughs> so i don't think it's unrealistic to expect that you can get a job not immediately after you get out of school depending again on what kind of degree you have because i think for certain degrees like finance degrees or communications degrees ones that are have a more broad applicability it might be easier to find something that's kind of related to what you're doing but wildlife biology it's very niche there's not a whole lot of jobs out there related to that. But I've been I graduated December 2014. So I've been three years out of school and the the job at the US Geological Survey I had, it wasn't even technically a wildlife job, it was a, a vegetation job. <laughs> so I would have I probably would have expected to have a job by now. I mean if you can't have a job within your degree within, you know, four, five, ten years of graduating school, then you know, it's it's kind of tough. And it's the skills that I got while I was in grad school are still applicable to what I'm doing today. It's just I would have expected to have a wildlife job by now or hopefully soon. And I don't I don't know if that's going to happen.
1: Are you still open to that? Like, do you want mm-hmm. to do the wildlife job thing still?
2: So I've been full-time freelance writing for the past year. There's things I love about it and there's things I hate about it. I hate that nothing that I'm doing now is related to wildlife biology at all. <laughs> in fact, it's, I write about personal finance. It's like the total opposite. <laughs> it's, it's so weird how I ended up here. But I would like to go back to wildlife someday if a position opened up that was right for me. I don't know if that would be a research position at this point or like a, a science communication position. It's, it's tough to know. That's something that I've had to, to come to terms with is what am I going to do in my future? And I don't, I don't quite know yet.
0: And I think it's okay that paths go off in different directions than what you expect. Uh, You know, I had people enter college and even pursue their graduate degree with a path in mind, but sometimes things change and that's okay. Just try not to think about all the money you owe in student loans, Uh, but of course that's that's going to be something people think about and they should, but also, you know, the value of an education, any education is worthwhile, at least in my opinion. So, uh, so yeah, uh, there's always a possibility that you, that your life doesn't take the path that you set for yourself when you were 18. And why should mm-hmm. it? I mean, who knows who, who at 18 really has a good grasp of who they are as an individual and, and what's important to them. So, you know, I think, I think it's okay that we go off on these different paths.
2: Yeah, yeah. Especially for a a really niche degree like wildlife biology, it's really common for people to work seasonal jobs until they can find a, a permanent position. And you have to be really flexible in getting these jobs. You have to be able to move across the country on a whim. And if you have a husband and a family, like people who are grounded in keeping you to a certain location, that prevents, that's been one of the biggest factors in why I don't have a wildlife job now is because I can't just pick up and and move to Pennsylvania or Washington or Texas at the drop of a hat. And that's not something you can really know when you're 18 and you sign up for this degree. Things change. You're always making decisions based on incomplete information. Like, I didn't know when I chose wildlife biology that I've had this awesome husband and a dog and two kitties and. He'd be in Fort Collins and that's where I'd have to be too.
1: Yeah So I mean, when you did the thing for the US Geological Survey, did your husband come up with you or was he still did he have to stay in Fort Collins?
2: He was in Fort Collins. That was a job where I would go out for a week at a time and we'd pull the trailer with us and live in, inside of that me and, me and the person who I was working with. And then we'd we'd bring the trailer back and we'd be off for a week. It was kind of a similar deal when I was in grad school. We'd fly up to northern Alaska, drive a trailer down the, the road, the only road that goes between the oil fields in northern Alaska and the rest of civilization, I guess you could call it. And we'd drive back up and fly home again.
0: And it's uh, going back to something you were saying before about the flexibility of of having to move around uh, when jobs are so sc- scarce in any particular field is it's all about what you prioritize. And, you know, you can be at a point in life where you want to prioritize your family ahead of uh, your career, and that's fine, too coming out of college, do want to focus on their career a little bit more and are putting off starting a family, buying a house and grounding themselves because they know. Well, I mean, there are a lot of reasons, but part of that could be because they know it's difficult to get started in a career today, although it's almost every time period, it's difficult to get started in a career, but mm-hmm. perhaps they feel that it's uh, a little more difficult to get started in a career today. So they're putting off some of those other priorities in favor of, of really finding something that's going to get them moving with their career.
2: Yeah, I was an odd one. I got married to my husband when I was 20 years old. <laughs> we don't have any kids, but that was a ba- that is a huge constraint on my, my individual situation. And I, I wouldn't give him up, though. I, I, lo- I love him very much. <laughs> I would choose him over wildlife, and I did.
0: So what else can people do to manage their expectations when it comes to coming out of college or graduating, whether it's high school, college, or post postgraduate?
2: Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I was very married to the – well, not technically married, but <laughs> mindfully married to the idea of being a wildlife biologist – It's a really tough program to finish as an undergrad and in grad school. I think my professor said something like only 10% of the people who start the program as an undergrad actually finish it. So the people who end up finishing with wildlife biology degrees, they're not just casual people. Like They are very committed to what they're doing. And I think it's especially hard for people like that once they, they get out of school, because for me... Studying wildlife biology and becoming a wildlife biologist, that was kind of my identity. And that was who I thought I was. I, I still to this day kind of think of myself as a wildlife biologist. I have to I have to stop myself and be like, no, Lindsay, you're you're a freelance writer. That's what you do now. <laughs> and it's tough because that was one of the reasons that led to my depression is because I I was this I thought of myself as this thing and then I wasn't this thing anymore rather than being a wildlife biologist who had been published in peer-reviewed journals. I was just a janitor cleaning floors in a lab for people who were unappreciative of what I was doing. And so I had to really, I had to really like, that was one of the reasons why I had to go see a therapist was because I didn't know who I was anymore. I almost lost my identity. That was the hardest thing of all. So that's why I really advocate doing side hustles, having some sort of project that's your own, that you can completely control, that's not dependent on the whims of some employer who may or may not have funding or even cares about what you're doing, having something that you can claim as your, your own project outside of work, which for me became my freelance writing business, but it could be anything you want. It could be a knitting blog, <laughs> whatever. So, just something to keep you going,
0: how do you, uh, other than just filling your life with other things, how do you separate your identity from the things that you do?
2: Mhm. It was kind of a gradual process. It it didn't happen overnight and it's something that I'm not sure is still completely separated. I I think just giving it some time and finding success in something else outside of what you're doing, finding success in something you can control. That was the biggest thing for me. I'm not a super great freelance writer, but I'm not horrible at it either, so <laughs> That Finding something like that in my blog, also, I don't make any money from my blog. It's just a, a pet project for me at this point, but I love it dearly. It's something that I've I've cradled from a baby from the time it was just a thought in my head. And it's something that I've put forth in the world and I've heard back from people. I think having an impact on other people's lives is something that has helped helps the transition away from wildlife biology being my identity to whatever the hell it is I'm doing now, I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's hard because we are, we are conditioned kind of in our society though, to like be really caught up in like our work. Right. I mean, what what are mm-hmm. the first things that we ask people when we like meet them at a party or whatever? Oh, what do you do? <laughs> and,
2: yeah.
1: And um, you know, and a lot of the time they're talking about your job and there's, you know, kind of what you're talking about, you know, compartmentalizing it. And, and there's so much more, to your life than just your job you know I mean there's I mean you have your kitties and the dog and you've got your <laughs> husband and you've got you've got the knitting even if you're not doing a knitting blog anymore so there's, there's a lot of different like things that make us us and a lot of the time I think we put too much emphasis on the job part of it
2: yeah yeah that's exactly what it is yeah you just need to find something else that that keeps you keeps you going
0: So would you do anything differently if you were going back to right after you received your graduate degree?
2: I thought about this a lot and I think I would still go for the degree. I would still choose to do it. But rather than being dead set on finding a wildlife biologist job and that being the barometer of success or failure, I would think of it more as a process and finding success beyond just being a wildlife biologist which if I would have started out from that definition in the beginning, just finding success in something else, then I think I would consider myself successful today, and I think I do. I may not be what I intended to be, but I'm I'm successful in what I do today now, and I'm happy, so it's, it's worked out in the end. I would definitely do it over again.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great note to end on. Unless you have anything to add, any final tips, Lindsay?
2: No, I think that's everything. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, let us, our audience, know exactly where they can find you online.
2: Yes, I blog at Notorious D-E-B-T. It's not actually my <laughs> my idea of a name. My husband came up with it, but I thought it was fantastic and everybody else seems to like it too. So I blog there about my journey and trying to get out of the student loans that I took out to do my college education and I also give tips about how to get over this, this weird mindset thing. I just wrote a post just yesterday about how to how meditation has helped me overcome a lot of my own mind blocks in trying to earn more money. So I write a lot about that. I, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm also on Pinterest and Facebook.
0: All right. And we'll have links to those in our show notes on YouTube and on our website when this goes uh, live on our website and gets incorporated into our podcast uh so thank you so much lindsay really uh it was really great talk, and it's good to hear your story yeah, thank you all right and uh subscribe to adulting at adulting.tv slash iTunes. If you have Apple podcasts, of course we're on Stitcher, Google play and various other places. You can find us on the internet, uh, all centered around adulting.tv. So you can always go to that website and get links to wherever you want to go. Our Facebook community, join us there. Hashtag adulting. That is our group. And uh, we'd love to see you there. If you have any questions, feel free to leave some feedback about this episode or any others. And of course, if you have any questions, you can go to adulting.tv/ask, and we'll answer your question either in a video, or a podcast episode, or a, or an article on the website by one of our amazing contributors that we have for our articles. And until next week, remember to behave like a grown up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.